Hello, and welcome to another installment of On Deck presented by Deep Dive Sports. I'm your host, Greg. I'm joined today, as always, by Dominic. What's up, everyone? Today we'll be discussing, with the postseason looming, what are your some of your favorite postseason moments of all time? You know, what, what got you fired up during those, those clutch October months for baseball? We're also going to discuss who had the most clutch postseason hit of all time. We're going to bring up our top three ones that we think really need to to have a deeper dive into and you know what they meant as always we're going to discuss our world series picks see if anything's changed we'll do our standings rundown and at the end we will discuss one fact about baseball that you may or may not have known to start this episode off we'll discuss first favorite postseason moments of all time so why don't you go ahead and get started dom so this was a pretty easy um question for me to answer because you know, being as big of an Indians fan as I am, um, and I, you know, being born in '95, I kind of caught the tail end of you know those great '90s Indians teams. Um, so I don't really have too many memories of that time. Most of the memories that I have of the Indians is you know being you know pretty average to to below average. Then you know since 2013 being pretty competitive, but. My favorite postseason memory of all time has to be the Raji Davis home running in Game 7 of the World Series against the Cubs. Even though we ended up losing the game, it's still, I, I think, one of the greatest moments in Indians baseball history. Just what led up to the game, or to the hit, the drama surrounding the series, you know, Indians being up 3-1 at one point, being so late in the game to tie it, off of Aroldis Chapman, who at the time was one of the most dominant relief pitchers in baseball, you know, just it, it was it was just incredible to watch. I absolutely went insane, and it came from a guy that really isn't known for his power. You know, a, a home run like that, you'd expect someone like trying to try to think of who was on that team, someone like Lindor uh, to hit a, a home run like that, but not not yeah, Raji Davis. <laughs> one of the bigger names, you know, some of the, the one of the guys that are, is known for those power power moves, and yeah, Raji Davis was not was a completely unexpected turn. I right. think the whole state of Ohio jumped up off their seats and oh, yeah. you know, started screaming at the TV because that was just you know phenomenal. Yeah, and for me, it's one of those moments that I will always remember where I was when it happened. You know, it could it, it was just such an incredible moment, and I. I honestly thought we were going to win the game once that happened, but then the rain delay happened and, you know, we can go over conspiracy theories about that later, but it was just uh, an amazing moment. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All seven games of that world series were phenomenal. Yeah. Well, one of my first ones I'm going to start with is Roy Holiday's odor in the 2010 NLDS game one. Um, Obviously he had just a phenomenal season that season uh, with the Phillies 21 wins, took home the NL Cy Young Award, and just to go out there and throw that game, like I remember casually watching it at first, and then as it as it got closer, I just was on the edge of my seat. You know, like really, can he do this? I think by the by the fifth or sixth inning, we were we were definitely understanding what could possibly happen. But you know, one of those things, especially in the postseason, it, it's happened so infrequently that. No, that there it can't be. He was not going to be able to no hitter, and that somebody's going to get you know like a double or single and, and right cap it off with that. But 
104 pitches, no hit the Reds. He struck out eight, just walked one. It was just, it was just phenomenal. And I think, if I'm not correct, it was this just the second no hitter in postseason history as of mm-hmm. that time. As of that time, so it was just lights out, phenomenal. Obviously, he went on to retire, and some tragic stuff happened. But he's definitely in our thoughts and prayers, and as well as his family in that aspect. But I just definitely that was one of those postseason moments that I remember in a you know in a, in this later era of baseball because you, I think you you go through different stages with baseball. You go through baseball as a kid, yep. you go through baseball as a teenager, you know, and then even as an adult, you got to you go through different stages of of loving the baseball, and and that was definitely like for me and you know becoming an an adult and kind of respecting the game a little bit differently. Yeah, absolutely. My ultimate, ultimate, ultimate top number one postseason memory that I ever have was Kurt showing his bloody sock in the start of the ALCS 2004 Game Six. It's it, it's the stuff of legends. It's it's the stuff. Yeah. You know when you saw him fall out in Game One and just limp off the field, and you know three innings and just I think six runs allowed. That it's over. It, it's completely over. There. You know. And I know the Sox did, and, and, you know, obviously we're just at that point down, you know, back to a three-and-one record. And, you know, the Yankees were basically, you know, just a a good couple hits away from from taking us out. But when they announced Schilling was going to be starting game six, it was like, oh, this is going to be bad. Is it going to be like a Pedro moment where – they're putting him out there when he doesn't need to be out there, and it's just going to make us look bad. And I remember even saying to you know one of my best friends, I said, "Is this just pride? Is he just going out there to 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 say that you know I I'm not going to let them beat me and 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 do damage more to himself and more to the team than than needed to be?" And then once yeah. he took the mound, and you saw the, the bloody sock, it, it was just like this is this is the game, you know stuff of legends like i said before he, he just pitched phenomenal they sutured that tendon and i think that from what the doctor had said he'd only done that surgery on a cadaver before he'd never actually done that on a live patient so to wow. suture that that tendon and then to put him out there and obviously you see that blood coming through in the, the padding and i know there's conspiracy theories that say Oh, you know, that, that was all just for the cameras and it was taken care of better. But this was, but no, you know, that man hobbled out there on a bum leg and pitched a gem. Yeah. That, that's one of the greatest moments in, in baseball history, in my opinion. Not, you know, let alone postseason baseball. I, I think that's one of the greatest moments just in baseball history, you know. And it, like, like you said, it, it truly is, you know, the stuff of legends. It's, a, it's almost like, it's almost like folklore at this point. Like Kurt Schilling, a Hall of Fame pitcher, hobbles out there on a on a bad leg, bleeding through his sock, and pitches one of the greatest games of his life. Well, hopefully he'll be it's, a Hall of Famer. Not quite. Well, yet. yeah. <laughs> well, it, his his career stats back up the fact that he you know should be in the Hall of Fame, but. Yeah, which is I mean, whether he gets him down the road is to be seen. Yeah, and we, we've discussed this. This is his last year on the ballot, so I think he should have been in a long time ago. And and well, we've had that discussion on on our uh, Hall of Fame snubs episode. So if you haven't listened to that before, take a look back on that episode and see what who else has not made it into the Hall of Fame. 
and possibly should be. So moving forward with this postseason trend, we're going to talk about the top three clutch postseason hits of all time and what what we think that is. So, Dom. so I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to order this in what I think will be like the number three most clutch hit on to number one. Um, and I, I was telling Greg before we started recording, there are probably other hits that people could think would be more clutch than these, but I, I just picked ones that I was around long enough to remember. Um, so there were probably, you know, hits in you know 70s, 80s that you could probably consider more clutch, but I wasn't around to witness it. So I, w- I only picked ones that I remember. Um, so number three for me, um, would be 2019 game seven of the world series. Howie Kendrick hits the go, go ahead home run in the bottom of the seventh um, against the Astros to take the lead in the world series. They never gave up the lead again because of that home run. The nationals beat the Astros in the world series. And again, like we talked about earlier with the Raji Davis home run, it came from a guy that you really wouldn't expect, you know, a big home run to come from. And the fact that it was against the Astros, a team that I absolutely, absolutely despise, but Game Seven of the World Series, I, it just doesn't get any better than that. I mean, just if it wasn't for that home run, the the Nationals don't win the don't win that game. They don't win the World Series. Yeah. Um, going on to my number two most clutch hit, Tony Womack, two thousand and one Game Seven of the World Series against the Yankees. It's the bottom of the ninth. There's one out, and he hits a double to tie the game off Mariano Rivera. Now, it wasn't the walk-off hit that won them the World Series, but if it wasn't for that double to tie the game, that walk-off hit doesn't happen. So, and the the fact that it was against Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer of all time, the dude never blows saves. No, not but at all. he blew that. He blew that one, and because of that hit, the Diamondbacks won the World Series against the Yankees. Uh, it, it was truly a David versus Goliath World Series. And you yeah. got the the almighty Yankees going up against the Diamondbacks, who have never been to the World Series, were a relatively new franchise with no history, to just go and beat them in seven games. It, it just doesn't get any better than that. I, I was so happy watching it. I know I was only six at the time, but it's honestly one of my earliest baseball memories. Yeah, any, um, anybody that put money down on the, the Diamondbacks that year walked away with a lot of cash. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Um, but going into my most clutch hit of all time, I talked about it earlier. It's also my favorite baseball memory or uh, playoff memory. Raji Davis's 2016 home run in Game 7 of the World Series. I know we didn't end up winning it, but just the fact that it was in, it was so late in the game to tie it knowing that we would still have another inning to potentially win this in the bottom of the ninth off of at the time, the arguably the best relief pitcher in baseball. It's just, it it was, it was incredible and it it couldn't have happened at a more dire time of the game because we were down. It was getting towards the bottom of the, towards the end of the game. If we don't tie the game in the bottom of the eighth, then there, it, it'd take a miracle in, in the bottom of the ninth to win it. You know, it, it really set, it, it gave us the momentum late in the game to win it. And, you know, it, 
if we ended up winning it, I, I think there'd be a Raji Davis statue outside of progressive field. But unfortunately the Cubs uh, took the lead in the top of the ninth and Indians couldn't you know, pull through at the end of the day. But I think that moment has to be my most clutch performance ever. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Clutch doesn't necessarily mean, you know, translate to wins, but when your team needs you and you need to be there for them, you know, that's, that's, that's what clutch means. Yeah. Um, obviously I'm a little touch older than Dominic. So my <laughs> baseball memories go just slightly a little bit farther back than, than his, but I'm also kind of basing that same premise on, I'm going off of clutch from what I remember and what I saw and where I was at in, in my baseball life to, to, think that that had to be amazing like i said there's many clutch moments postseason in the 60s 70s and so my first one is kirby puckett's walk-off home run in the 1991 world series game six they were down three to two the braves in the world series so this was like a you know a win or go home type of type of game and they had jumped out to a 2-0 lead in the first inning the braves tied things up 2-2 in the top of the fifth but the Twins once again took the lead with a run in the bottom of the inning. Mark Lemke, I don't know if you remember him. Uh, he mm-hmm. had a he had a single to open up the seventh inning. It was just amazing. Kirby Puckett gets up there, bottom of the eleventh. You know, let off, just sent a moonshot into the stands. It, it's one of those ones that I I I remember because I watched all these games. You know, I was at that age that I think I watched everything I possibly could when it came to baseball, and it just jumped off his bat. And uh, if, if you've seen the video of him jumping around the bases and just elated, it was just, it was one of those moments where they, they had to win it and, and to go out and do it. It was like, it was just amazing. It, it, it blew my mind. This is, I mean, this is almost a tie to me. It, it's Kirk Gibson's walk-off home run in the 1988, 1988 World Series game one. Obviously, it wasn't, you know, like that the winner go home type of game. But, you know, Kirk Gibson stumbles, crawls out of that dugout. You know, it, he was in a lot of pain. He was injured. And just to go up there and hit a ball off of Dennis Eckersley, which, you know, we talk about Mariano Rivera, but Eckersley in the 80s and early 90s, just as clutch and just as you know, amazing as Rivera is. I mean, to quote Nick, you know, he was all world at that yeah. point in time. And for him to go out and, you know, he had, I think, a 3-2 count and just two bad knees and, and just, you know, barely even stepped outside of the box, I think maybe once with his left foot just to kind of regroup himself and stuff like that and then hits that towering, towering, home run into the right field bleachers. It, it was just amazing. I, I remember just screaming at the television, you know, because I was on West Coast time at that time. So we got to see the games as they were playing rather than, you know, staying up till 11 or 12 o'clock at night to see a game. Obviously my parents always do that. <laughs> but him rounding those bases and, and just doing that, that, that fist clench, that fist pump type of thing, it just, uh, I, I think that next season I had that Kurt Gibson poster on my wall. I just thought like, wow, this guy is just so amazing and, and lights out to have that moment. To be able to watch that moment live on TV. I, 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 I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Yeah. I mean, that's one of you know the most iconic moments in baseball history. Yeah. He, uh, 
definitely got my my votes for that. And my number one, obviously, is because I'm selfish and I think the Red Sox are amazing. And I think David Ortiz is, in, in my opinion, the GOAT of baseball. He's had more clutch hits, clutch just speeches, clutch everything than any other. And obviously, there's GOATs in football with Brady, GOATs in basketball with Michael Jordan. But the GOAT for me is David Ortiz and that walk-off home run in the 2004 ALCS Game 4. When they were do or die, it's it's you know win or go home. They had just come off a nineteen to eight shellacking by the Yankees, just you know embarrassed, 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 embarrassed. You know how are we going to go three down to the Yankees? There's no way we're going to you know come back and win this and you know all that. And obviously the rest of that is is baseball history, and we've discussed that before. But you know they they were trailed four three to the Yankees going the bottom of the ninth. Kevin Millar had a leadoff uh, inning with a single. Dave Roberts stole the base that everybody and their mother in the <laughs> world knew he was going to steal. And then Bill Miller got a hit off of Mariano Rivera, which, again, we just discussed how rare it is that he blows anything, and they tied that up in the bottom of the ninth. And then we went scoreless to the 11th, and then in the 12th, David Ortiz just right into the bullpen and I mean, probably I don't want my parents to know this, but like I, I, I quit my job after that game because I, I could not <laughs> miss another, another game. I, I had stayed up so late that night, and I didn't go to work the next day, and I called off and and I quit it, and you know I never went back. Obviously, I got another job soon after that, but I spent the rest of the that World Series, um, or the ALCS and the World Series, just at home watching these games. Just it was just phenomenal. Obviously, That's fantastic. Going on. They went on to, to win the World Series against the Cardinals. But it was just, it, it, that was like almost a defining moment for me in my life. I just remember like loving yeah. the game of baseball, but really getting reinvigorated with that and really just could not believe what I was seeing. And then to have it be my, my team, you know, it's, you see it in a lot of things, but to have it be your team when it's happening is, is so. Moving on, we're going to talk about our World Series picks and if they have changed. So, Dominic, we'll start with you. Where do you think it's going now? I, I'm not, I'm not going to change my picks from last time. I believe I picked, was it the, the Giants and the the White Sox? Yeah. I, I still think it's going to be the Giants and the White Sox. I don't think much has changed. Um, if anything. The way that the Giants have played over the last week or so is kind of solidified. Um, the Giants is my pick for the National League. Um, I still think, I still think the White Sox, with that offense, I think they have just enough pitching. Uh, they've kind of slowed down over the last week, but they've been getting a lot of games from their young guys because they've been they clinched the uh, the division so long ago. They've kind of had the luxury of playing a lot of young guys that usually wouldn't be playing. Um, so you know, naturally they're going to drop a couple more games than they usually would have. But I think a fully healthy, fully rested White Sox offense, it, it might be one of the best in baseball, if not the best. I, I think they they just have too much firepower for any team to, to slow down. You know, I don't care how good your pitching is. You can only go through a lineup so many times before they figure out how to hit you, and the White Sox will figure out how to hit you. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to stay pat with the Giants and the White Sox. All right, all right. 
Well, I think I had last time I had also the White Sox in, and then I had the Brewers going to the Brewers. World Series. I had the White Sox and the Brewers going to the World Series, and I think I had the White Sox taking it. As far as the National League go, I think that the Brewers are still going to be able to take over the Giants when it comes to ALCS, and they, I'm, I'm sticking with that. And I'm going to do – I'm going to say I'm going to do a half turn. I'm, I'm, and I say that because – the Tampa Bay Rays have just been phenomenal lately, like better than I've seen them play in a long time. And even throughout the year, I know that they've, they've clinched the, the AL East, but they're just, they're playing great baseball. They beat the Yankees last night, 10 to one, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that if it comes, it's going to come down to it, Tampa Bay, White Sox, you know, ALCS. I don't know. Uh, as much as I think the White Sox, like you said, have the offensive firepower to do it. And I know we talked about this last time with what St. Louis is doing. You know, when you got to get hot, you got to get hot. And in October, baseball is the time to get hot. I'm going to change it a little bit. And, and I think it's going to be Tampa Bay. And I think it's going to be the Brewers. I still think the Brewers okay. are going to take it. But it's just from what I've been watching, I, I, Tampa seems to be firing on all cylinders. And, and seems to be the guys that are possibly going to do it. I mean, they've, they've definitely played amazing all season and to just keep getting better, even though, you know, they've had some injuries, they lost some key pieces to that rotation. You know, I, I definitely understand why people would pick the race, but. Well, moving on to our standings rundown, this is probably the last time we'll be doing a standings rundown because there's not much to discuss in the next episode. We'll definitely be discussing some postseason matchups, uh, some games probably that already started, but. We'll do the standings rundown, and then we'll do our fact about baseball. So, obviously, in the AL East, the Tampa Bay Rays clinched that with a record of 160, 100 wins and 61 losses. They were 7-3 and three in their last 10, but like I said, they clinched it, and they've got the number one seed in the AL postseason. Chicago White Sox, they've clinched that since, like, June, probably. They clinched the AL Central, 93-68, and 68, um, said eight and two in their last 10 so playing good baseball won six straight out of that eight and two so and then the houston astros with the aos spot 94 and 67 astros though are four and six in their last 10 so let's see if that translates into you know postseason player or not if that slump continues moving on to the national league atlanta 87 and 73. They are eight and two in their last 10. They only have a one game win streak at this point in time. And then Milwaukee with an AL Central spot, 95 and 66. They are also slumping a little bit with a four and six record in their last 10. And they've lost three in a row. So hopefully, like we discussed, kind of with the White Sox, is that it's just a little bit of a, um, you know, playing the young guys and getting, you know, guys some, some, preparation for for play if it comes down to it and then in the national league west you've got san francisco 106 wins which is just amazing obviously they're one game win ahead of the dodgers with 105 wins but san francisco's got the 106 wins 55 losses san francisco is eight and two in their last 10 dodgers are also eight and two in their last 10 so then when it looks at the wild card, today is going to be the day to watch baseball. So obviously you're going to be listening to this tomorrow on Monday, but ooh-wee, 
you know, the Red Sox, we've got the Yankees, we've got Seattle, we've got Toronto. Obviously, the Red Sox and the Yankees are tied for the one and two spot in the wild card with records of 91 and 70. Boston's five and five in their last 10. Yankees are seven and three in their last 10, but Red Sox have a two game win streak and Yankees have a two game losing streak. So we will see today if either Seattle or Toronto could possibly get into that, that extra spot if the Red Sox win out today or if they lose. Are we going to have tie games and are we going to have to have a tiebreaker game, uh, which we haven't had that only but once or twice before. So that's going to be fun to watch. And then in the National League, the wild card obviously has been solidified with Dodgers and St. Louis. Dodgers are set on a six game win streak, eight and two, but St. Louis is also eight and two on their last 10 one game losing streak right now. So that would be really interesting to see it by the end of today what is to happen and how the post matchups will wrap up. As of right now, it's going to be Red Sox and the Yankees in the wild card. They will go up against Tampa Bay's number one seed. You've got the Houston Astros and the Chicago White Sox at the two and three seed going into their ALDS. And then we have the wild card on National League side, as I stated before. St. Louis and the Dodgers. Whoever wins that game will go on to play the number one seed Giants. And then we have the number two seed Brewers, number three seed Atlanta. And I think that that's probably going to be the easiest seed of all of them for the Brewers to beat Atlanta. We'll see. And we will discuss this next episode and what will happen. So moving to our final segment, we're going to have one fact about baseball that you may or may not have known. So Dom, we'll go ahead and get started. So, when looking at baseball today, length of play or like just how long the games are is a, I guess, hot topic. Um, but my interesting fact takes <laughs> the length of the game to a whole nother level. The longest major league game was eight hours and six minutes and lasted 25 innings. And it was a seven to six victory with the White Sox beating the Milwaukee Brewers. 20, 25 innings in one game for one game going eight out like that that that's a whole work day. Yeah. That's I mean it in the time it, it took to play that one game, you could have watched what two and a half normal games. Yeah. Wow. I, I had no idea that was that long. Yeah. I I had a feeling that the longest game ever would have been something crazy like that, but not eight hours. Well, that's it for this edition of On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Again, my name is Greg, and I'm today by Dominic. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sports on Twitter instagram and facebook for any update and please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next as always we are deep dive sports until next time